Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Healy's away. Australia away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth T20 World Cup title in front of a magical crowd at the MCG. Hello and welcome to The Scoop. We are the cricket podcast dedicated to the women's game. I'm Emily Collin. And I'm Laura Jolly. LJ, it's great to be back. It seems like it's been a while since we've done a scoop, but um, great to see you. There's been plenty happening uh, since we last spoke, or not since we last spoke, since we last spoke <laughs> on the podcast. Um, but we've got Elisa Healy joining us on the show ahead of a big summer of cricket for the Aussies. But um, before we get to Elisa, LJ, there's been a bit going on. You've been in Vanuatu. There's been a WBBL draft. WNCL is back and the Aussies are back in action against the West Indies. So firstly, LJ, um, would love a rapid summary of your time in Vanuatu. Yeah, that was a bit of an unexpected trip in the end. Um, we went <laughs> over for the ICC T20 World Cup East Asia Pacific qualifiers, which is the first step towards qualification for next year's World Cup in Bangladesh. There's seven nations from the East Asia Pacific region playing off for one spot in next year's global qualifier. So it was very cool to go over there and do some commentary on the live streams as a bit of a development program. We had um, Mel Jones and Catherine Fitzpatrick and Julia Price over there doing mentoring as well and it's just a really cool opportunity and, and to learn about cricket in a different part of the world. Talk us through like what's the state of the game like there? Is there a lot of passion for cricket? Yeah it is it's um yeah it's obviously very very different to what we're used to in Australia it's you know players aren't on contracts aside from the P- Papua New Guinea girls so it's it's all very different but loads of passion and it was really cool to see Vanuatu win the tournament for the first time and they're going to go off and play overseas next year in a new region and in the global qualifiers which is really cool. Oh so good yeah it looked like Great, great scenes over there. And so while you were in Vanuatu, uh, we had the inaugural WBBL draft, which I was at. So it was an interesting night. I guess it's probably didn't shake up the squad lists as much as we maybe thought the draft would. Um, a lot of clubs passed in the latter rounds, which maybe meant they, they were leaving a little bit of room um, in the budget for local players and um, as well um, a few clubs using the direct nomination um, rule, which allows clubs to sign international players directly, bypass in the draft. So, so I guess the big news out of the um, WBBL draft, so everyone was talking about whether the Scorchers would retain Sophie Devine or Marizan Cap, two of the best players in the world. 
world. Thunder had the number one pick and they naturally picked up Marazan Cap and the Scorchers elected to pass on Marazan Cap, which meant, and then the Scorchers stayed with Sophie Devine. So it'll be interesting seeing Marazan Cap in the lime green. It should be good for the young Thunder squad. But um, what did you think about the draft, LJ? Any any reflections? Yeah, obviously that Cap Devine decision was the really big one that everyone wanted to see how that would play out. I think I didn't expect as many passes as we saw. Mm. A lot of teams did opt to take the direct nomination route, which was very interesting to see. I think one of the most interesting things we saw happen was um, with the strikers who passed in the first round because they were probably hoping to not have to pay platinum price for Laura Wolvart and they knew they'd be able to retain if someone else tried to nab her in the second round. But then the Stars kind of called their bluff a bit and opted to take Wolvart at a platinum price in the second round, which forced the strikers to pay platinum to retain her. So good bit of gamesmanship there from the Stars and it probably was a difference between the strikers being able to retain DeAndre or keep DeAndre Dotton or not. In the end, they went for Danny Gibson at a silver price as that all yeah. around us. So it was probably one of the more interesting things that, that came out of the draft. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So yeah, as you mentioned, Danny Gibson to the Strikers. She's one of the new names in the WBBL. Bryony Smith to the Hurricanes. That was a that was a bit of a curveball. So I'd, to be honest, I'd never heard of Bryony Smith before. So looking forward to seeing what she can do in the Hurricanes. Yeah, Bryony opened with the Lee in the 100. Well, Georgia Adams um, has signed with the Strikers via the direct nomination. So yeah, it seems like the Strikers have been thinking pretty deeply about um, how they were going to build their list this year. I guess they've got some top Australian talent and it would be hard to fit all those players within their budget. Yeah, and I think um, Luke Williams was over at the 100 assistant coaching at the same team as Georgia Adams, so he clearly got to, to see what, she, what she's about and hasn't debuted for England, but has been a very, very good domestic player in recent seasons, so it'll be really cool to see how she can go in the WBBL. Yeah, very exciting. And while we're on domestic cricket, WNCL is back. Very strong start from the Scorpions um, and New South Wales and Queensland split the wins over the weekend, but comfortably the most exciting bit of the WNCL season opening weekend is the fact that Meg Lanning is back. Um, Meg's back. She's back. LJ, we were sure we were both just sitting at those screens watching watching Meg's return and being like, oh, feels right again. feels right to see Meg playing cricket and she made, look like she hadn't missed a beat. Just 51 a off 50. Yeah, straight back into it. So good to see. Yeah, unfortunately we won't be seeing her for Australia in this series. Um, she's sort of working her way back up to international cricket. Hopefully this is a really good sign that she'll be back for the India tour in December. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully this is a yeah good starting point and hopefully as well we can see her um, in the green with the Melbourne Stars as well. But no, Elisa Healy who, as we mentioned, is joining us on the show after this. She'll be keeping the captaincy role, steering the ship for the Aussies. So we've got three T20s and three one-dayers against the West Indies starting on Sunday the 1st of October at North Sydney Oval. So Elisa Healy is playing her 250th game in green and gold and it's also Megan shoot 100th T20 for Australia. So any listeners who are in Sydney, that's as good a reason as any to get down to North Sydney Oval on Sunday, support the Aussie girls and get around uh, Elisa Healy and Megan shoot for some pretty big milestones. Yeah, absolutely massive. And it should be a really special day on Sunday. So definitely people should get along on Sunday and on Monday too, which I believe is a public holiday in Sydney. Elisa Healy. Oh, we got a friend. <laughs> Who, which, what's the dog's name? Uh, Misty, this one. Elisa Healy and Misty the Staffy. Yeah. Thank you very much to you both for joining us today on the Scoop podcast. Um, as you'll know on this show, we ask the most pressing questions first. So, Midge, are you able to tell us are you or are you not on The Masked Singer? <laughs> <laughs> it is um, hot off the press that uh, it could well be me, but um, I can confirm that it's not me. Sad. Um, 
Was a little bit excited though that Mel B thought it was me because I mean I was a Spice Girl fan growing up and <laughs> I didn't know she knew who I was and she probably doesn't. <laughs> but I mean that was pretty cool. <laughs> the same. So if you were theoretically on the Mask Singer. What song do you think you would like to sing? Well, I mean, my go-to karaoke song is Summer of 69 by Brian Adams. So, I mean, I could really roll with that. But (laughs) I feel like um, Flavor of the Month, maybe some Taylor Swift could be a go. That is the flavour of the month. Yeah. Nice. That's fun. And so if you haven't spent your last few months um, dressing up as an avocado, what have you been up to and how are the fingers tracking? Can confirm I haven't been an avocado. Um, (laughs) Look, the last few months um, I've been doing like a little mini pre-season again to get myself up and ready for what is going to be um, a really busy summer schedule. So enjoyed some time at home uh, with the dogs. Uh, Mitch has been at home as well, so kind of lucky in that regard. But, yeah, just preparing myself and my body to, to go hard for the next, what five or six months that we're on the road so it's um it's been a nice little break are the fingers feeling like are they back to 100 percent? is the swelling gone down um it's still a little bit crooked so mm. i mean i'm not sure that's ever gonna change unfortunately but oh look i can do well what i was able to to give myself was a little bit of time to um rest it and, and hopefully get it back to, to some sort of normal, which has um, been nice instead of playing an extra four weeks of cricket. Um, that's been good. But yeah, I'm back batting and, and catching and everything. So hopefully it um, touch with there's no further problems. Yeah, hopefully. And was it good to get back out there with the breakers at the weekend? And was it a bit different not being behind the stumps? It, um, it was thoroughly enjoyable, actually. It's I'm one of those wicket keepers that loves having a run around in the field every now and then, except for when the ball comes to me. I don't really know um, what to do or how to dive properly. So, but yeah, it was, it was really nice to get back out with the breakers. The the vibe around that group at the moment is, um, is just a lot of fun and they're really enjoying their cricket together, which is great. And we were able to just slot back in and, um, enjoy that. So that was good, but yeah, it was fun having a run around the field. I tried to plonk myself where the ball wasn't going to go for a lot of the time, but it seemed to find me a lot on the Friday. And then I seemed to avoid it a bit on Sunday, which was lucky. Talk us through the catch. You looked pretty (laughs) happy that it stuck. (laughs) Well, I got uh, given a grade one for that. So they only gave it like one point. So apparently you're supposed to take them every time. Um, so uh, nothing to it. Apparently it was all in slow motion. It looked like I probably could have got there a lot faster, but uh, being 33, I, I did the best I could and like, I caught it. It's all that matters. And Jono was getting herself set for a big one, so um, I'll take it. And so um, will you be taking the gloves on Sunday when you're, you're back in the green and gold? Well, I presume so. I mean, I might have to fight moons for it, but... Um, I think I dare say that if there's even an inkling of me not wiki-keeping, I probably wouldn't it wouldn't be blank. So <laughs> I think Moons is a bit better in the field than I am. So yeah, I'll be back in the gloves and um, and hopefully just uh, avoiding injury. Okay, good to hear. And while we're on the topic of WNCL, Midge, um, LJ and I were very happy watching Meg Ladding back on our screens this afternoon. Dare say you felt the same? I, I haven't seen any of it, but I admittedly um, checked the scorecard when I, when I got home from training just to see how she went. Um, and, yeah, it was nice to see her back out there striking out over 100 and... Um, yeah, I just saw a little clip of her whacking one over mid-off, so that was it's nice to see. I guess every cricket fan, me included, um, wants to see her back out there enjoying her cricket. So, yeah, it's it's a pleasing sign, that's for sure. Absolutely. And it's been a couple of months now since the end of the Ashes. How you reflect back on that series now and retaining the Ashes over in England? Yeah, I mean, I was exhausted. I think, um, I can't remember which, which English player I spoke to after, um, you know, at the back end of our Island series, and they were saying they can't believe we went across for more cricket 
um, they were exhausted um, just like we were. So I think I guess on reflection, it just showed what a uh, intense and, and hotly contested series it was, and and how challenging it was um, for us as players to um, yet to get out there and um, and perform. So yeah, it was upon reflection. I mean, we we could have done a few things a little bit better at the back end, but in hindsight, I think it sort of reflected our preparation leading into the the Ashes series, and we put a lot of work into the Test match and, and playing with the Duke's ball for the first time. That's naturally what you're going to gravitate to to make sure that you're you looked after in that area and we did a lot of prep on that and um, thought you know our white ball would be okay because we're traditionally really good at that so I probably just reflected that but I mean it's given us a great opportunity to come home and reflect and and sort of find some little areas that we can improve on which I think is only going to make our team and and us as individuals even better moving forward which I think is a a fantastic outcome that we can come home with the trophy and also come home with some learning so uh, I'm really grateful for that and and the opportunity to to captain obviously was um, a whole a whole new experience but one that I really enjoyed and so you mentioned the opportunities to come together and reflect have you did you do that in Ireland or have you had a chance to all get together over the last couple of months ahead ahead of this series against the West Indies to talk about what can potentially be improved yeah we, we had a little opportunity to get together um, everyone was in Sydney for for some filming and, and got together as a group but I think um, I've heard a lot of different conversations um, over the last few weeks of different people at home just chatting about some some things that you know they're looking to, to bring into their game or improve on or whatever it might be and I think the fact that we came together as a group and, and just had a chat about it and um, and then obviously with you know a series against West Indies coming up we got a trip to India and then another home series as you know, a couple of months um, worth of opportunity to, to put a few things in place and try, try a few things that, that's going to make us better. So it's kind of exciting. I think it's a, a new little time for our group um, to almost re-evolve. I think we did a, a great job of that. It's been well documented since that 2017 World Cup, but I think it's a great opportunity now to, to reset some goals and and work out how we can continue to push the bar, which will raise the bar for, um, for ourselves and, and, and to just keep you know, improving the standard. And as you mentioned, uh, the international summer of cricket starts on Sunday. Um, what sort of challenge are you guys expecting from the West Indies? Everyone's beating everyone in international cricket at the moment, which I mean is super exciting um, for our game. And um, I think the West Indies can can beat anybody on on any day, given the firepower that they have in their lineup. Um, I'm expecting a, a tight contest, especially in the T20 formats. I think that's really where their strength lies. Um, you know, they got one of the best players in the world in Hayley Matthews um, leading the side as well. So, yeah, they're, they're not short of talent. Um, we're expecting them to come out really hard and, um, and you know, hit, hit lots of bombs and, and bowl really fast and um, with some skill as well. So it should be a good contest and, and one I think our group's really looking forward to. Midge, being Australian captain, talk us through how you found it. Like, what's different to not being the captain? What surprised you about it? What do you enjoy about it? And what's challenging? I'll tell you one thing, it's busy. I mean, yep. I'm used to sort of just rocking up on tour, getting what I need in the nets or have a catch and then go play golf or um, go and switch off for the rest of the day. But more often than not, there's like three or four other different things that you've <laughs> got to do on any given day and, yep. and think about things and, and go and catch up with plans and meetings and whatnot. So I will say it's busy. Um, but, you know, at the, at the same time, I think... I really enjoyed that as well. I think I enjoyed learning and I enjoyed the opportunity to sort of um, learn a bit more about myself and, and my teammates as well, um, which is 
which is fantastic. And yeah, there's a lot of learnings that I'll take from the ashes, um, you know, moving forward for however long I'm, I'm gifted this opportunity. It's something that I can just take forward to go, well, this is how I can try and be a little bit better, not just for myself, but also for my teammates and, and try and make it easy, as easy as I can for, for them to go out there and, and achieve what they want to, but also just perform as well as they can for the team. So, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it was a really enjoyable experience. It was stressful, I won't lie. Uh, I think I got a few few different grey hairs um, going on, but at the same time, yeah, hugely grateful for the opportunity, especially at you know a point in my career to to be able to learn learn a bit more about yourself. I think is um, yeah is, has been really cool. And um, by all means, you can shut us down if you don't want us to jinx anything here. We definitely don't want to jinx anything. But you are set to play game number two fifty on Sunday. Um, mm. Yeah, what, what does that mean to you to, to reach that kind of milestone? Yeah, it's um, daunting as all hell, I won't lie to you. I mean, every time it gets mentioned, I just feel older and older. So um, that's a lot of cricket. That's a lot of warm-ups. Um, I mean, that's not even domestic games in that. That's just for Australia. So it's a lot of cricket. But, um, oh, look, I mean, when you're growing up um, wanting to play for Australia, you'd take just one game, won't you? And I'm really lucky to, to have played 249 of them. And... Um, Fortunately, I still feel like I've, I've still got a little bit to give. So to get over that 250 mark would be really special. And I think actually Mitch played his 250th in the last game of the Ashes series. So to have 500 games in the household, um, yeah, is is a pretty remarkable feat. And I think one, one we're both quietly pretty proud of. Yeah, very cool. And no disrespect to the beautiful grounds of Clontarf Cricket Club in Ireland, but um, <laughs> to potentially tick off this milestone at North Sydney Oval with maybe some friends and family in the crowd should be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, um, Clontarf is really cool, <laughs> don't get me wrong, and, um, you know, I get to sit there and watch Phoebe and Annabelle just do my job even better than what I thought I could do. So, But, look, I'm, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason, and, um, look, maybe that little knock to the finger was exactly what I needed a to come home and have a rest but b also to get the opportunity to to pass a milestone at home I mean I hate milestone games they've never gone very well for me so hence why I've been trying to keep it on the down low right sorry Um, but I mean to do it at North Sydney Oval which is you know a fairly iconic ground for us in in the women's game is um yeah it's pretty special so I'm pretty lucky and um if you had to sum up your cricket career so far in one word what would you what would you say um I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, inconsistent comes to mind. No, um, don't say that. Don't that negative. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> our, our worst critic, I've, I've been told. Um, look, I think I'm just going to say fun. I think, um, you know, I'm really lucky that, um, you know, I've had a 13, 14-year-long career at the international level that I've thoroughly enjoyed every moment of it. I mean, there's some times where, you know, you don't want to walk out the back because you're not sure what's going to happen. But I can genuinely say that I've really enjoyed my, my time right throughout. There's been some challenging times, don't get me wrong, and, and but I think the, the good times have outweighed them. So I'm, I've been really lucky so far. Very good. And what's keeping you motivated, Mitch, to keep playing cricket at the highest level at this stage of your career? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a fantastic question and, and one that I get asked, you know, quite a lot, especially by, you know, Triple SM staff and, and people that are keep prodding and poking at me to, to try and improve myself every day. But I think that is the answer. So I, I feel like, you know, cricket is one of those games that you never truly master. I mean, Don Bradman got as close as anybody's ever going to get, but still still wasn't perfect. So, you know, the fact that at 33, I'm, I'm still learning a bit about, about myself and a bit about my batting in particular and, you know, 
some areas that I can open up to improve, I think is has been really cool. And I've also been really lucky over the last couple of seasons to be afforded some some new different opportunities, whether it be playing the WIPL, captaining your country and, and taking off some milestone things that, um, you know, it just keeps you going and keeps you refreshed and reinvigorated. So, um, yeah, I've been, I've been really lucky in that regard and, and hopefully, um, yeah, I can I'll just go out there and keep enjoying myself really. And has the, the growth of the game played a part in that too? Like you mentioned the WIPL coming along, but all these other opportunities and things that are in the game now that maybe weren't there when you started? Oh, 100%. I mean, um, you can, I can safely say that it's never about the paycheck. It's about going in and, and being a part of these opportunities. I mean, I've watched um, Mitch sort of be a part of these opportunities in the men's game for a long period of time wondering you know if this would ever happen in the women's game or oh my god how cool is this experience like will we ever get an opportunity so for me it's like I feel really lucky that they're happening and I go oh I can go and do that I can go and be a part of something amazing like that and you know the IPL was was a really big one to be able to go and experience so yeah, we're, we're lucky at the moment and, and the game just continues to grow right around the, the, the world. And for us as players, it feels like you'll kind of play a small part in, in helping achieve that. So it's, um, yeah, it's a nice little thing, a nice little bonus to going out there and playing the game. It's it's sort of a, a nice little extra bit, which is awesome. And as we've seen with the Matildas taking over um, everyone's life over the last couple of months, <laughs> women's sport is going gangbusters around the world. What do you think? Um, cricket needs to do to stay at the forefront of this movement? Um, I think we, I think the biggest focus for cricket over the next little period is getting people to the games. I mean, we talk about how heavily watched it is. It's a sport that you can have on the TV all day, every day and, and just sort of float in and out and, and watch it. I mean, I do it when the test matches are on in the summer. I float in and out of the house and, and I'm watching the boys play, but um, we need people at the games. I think the, the Matildas have, have shown, or sorry, the World Cup as a whole has shown that people will turn up if you put two great teams against one another in, in a great setting. And I think the Ashes was um, proof in that as well, that you put two good teams on, on a good surface, people want to come and watch. So I think that's the next step for cricket in this country in particular is how do we get more people to the games? And I think, you know, having those big stadium games at the WBBL again will go a long way to that. And and also, you know, having international games, um, you know, you look at, we got a test match at the Wacker against South Africa. Um, you know, we've, we've got opportunities to play at the big grounds again, which I think is really important. And yeah, we just want to see people show up and have a good time and um and enable them to come and have a good time at appropriate hours of the day so um that's that's probably the next step and i think we're, we're making good strides in that direction and then um, we'll obviously see what happens after that and do you feel like with the wbbl stadium series do you think do you feel like that's the right step and it feels like the right ta- time to take the wbbl to the next level yeah, I think so. I mean, I've always sort of been a, a believer of potentially merging the two competitions back together again at, at some point. Um, and, you know, this feels like a step back in that sort of direction, which, you know, I don't necessarily mind. I love the fact that there's two teams in one franchise and mm. we never get to spend any time together because our competitions are, are so far apart. So, yeah, I, I think it is a great step. Um, and I think you know, the Sixers to play in the Thunder at the SCG is such a great contest. And it's, I think it's the last game of the WBBL um, tournament, which is awesome. And hopefully both teams are vying for the finals or hopefully the Sixers can knock the Thunders, Thunder out of the final series or something like that. I mean, just to make it even more spicy. But yeah. 
Yeah, look, I, I think it's a step in the right direction. And you know what, I'd love to see, you know, the seasons at some point overlap again in that school holiday period. I think it's um, it's vital for, for the game to continue to see more more and more people at the games and obviously young kids as well. I think that's that's where we're really aiming at. Have you chatted to Rachel Haynes, head of Sydney Six as much? It feels like she's in a pretty good spot to influence the game in this in this kind of way. You know what? It's been a little bit um, awkward in the in the offices at the moment because like technically she's my boss and I'm not quite sure how to operate around um, Rachel Haynes as my boss. I think like walking past with my head down and sort of like, hello, hello Rachel Haynes, boss lady. Um, and I'm not sure if she knows that she can still have a joke with me or not. It's a little bit uncomfortable at the moment. So, but look, I think once once maybe I'm in my sixes shirt and um, we get on the road or whatever it might be and um, and I'm getting in trouble for, for saying the wrong thing, maybe it might lighten the mood a little bit. But no, she's doing, a, she's doing an amazing job. She's always in between meetings when I see her. Either that or she's avoiding me. Um, she's always in between meetings. So she's a busy lady at the moment and, and I've, I've got no doubt she's got some great things in store for the sixes this summer. Nice, nice. Oh, I'm, sure, I'm sure you'll be able to catch up soon. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us on The Scoop today. Always a pleasure to chat to you and we can't wait to watch you and the Aussie girls back in action and all the best for game number 250. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.